This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer. Great to have you with us. Get ready for a shocking statistic about just how many people actually wash their hands. We're talking about how to do it and, of course, why. And I'm in conversation with Dr. Hamera Badcha, plus two patients as we mark World Arthritis Day. Some of the signs and symptoms and some of the treatments too. I'm a little bit worried about our next conversation because I feel like I'm not going to like what we're about to learn. Do you know how to wash your hands properly? This coming Sunday is Global Hand Washing Day. It's a day dedicated to, yes, you guessed it, increasing awareness and understanding about the importance of hand washing with soap as an effective way to prevent diseases and even save lives. With us now is Dr. Sladana, a specialist in the Department of Internal Medicine at the JBR branch of Medcare Medical Centre. Doctor, how are you today? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Now, I was at the hospital actually earlier today and there's notices, as there should be in doctors' clinics, about correct washing of hands, you know, when it, you yeah. know the, the, the diagram. And I looked at it and I was like, well, I mean, does anyone actually ever do that unless they're scrubbing up to go into theatre? And I know we became very hot on hand washing, and rightly so, during the pandemic. But do you think we've all kind of forgotten about the importance <laughs> Absolutely so. So I do have one uh, statistic which is quite gross. So oh. the estimated global rate of hand washing after toilet use is only 19%. What? That's quite shocking, isn't it? No, yes? no, 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 no. Slow down a second. <laughs> so let, let me just understand this. So if 100 people, only 19 will wash their hands after going to the toilet. After toilet, exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh, that's Yes, we don't want to hear these numbers. (laughs) (gasps) Make yourselves known on 4001, you guilty, disgusting people. Um, That's really disgusting. Um, Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Right. Let's let's get into the facts then. I mentioned there about hand washing with soap. Is that proven to be beneficial, more beneficial than washing with water alone, doctor? Absolutely, yes. So studies have shown that um, washing your hands with soap is definitely superior and the preferable method of hand hygiene. It can actually reduce the E. coli bacteria on our hands um, up to 8%. But it doesn't mean if you don't have like soap um, on hand, you can also wash your hands with the right technique, mm-hmm. with water solely. It will also reduce uh, the bacteria up to 23%. But soap is definitely superior. Okay, and what about the water? Does it matter if it's hot or cold? No, actually temperature does not matter at all. There's no studies that showed any evidence, for example, of using hotter water. Um, it is actually on the contrary. It will just cause like very, very uh, dry skin and potentially eczema, and we do want to avoid that. So just use, uh, use any temperature that suits you. Okay, let's talk method because I'm not a surgeon. I'm, I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to spend two, min- two full minutes washing my hands. I'm sorry. We're looking at, you know, 20 seconds being realistic. So what is the correct and I guess realistic way for us to wash our hands for people listening today, Dr. Sadana? Yes, there is actually, it's not about two minutes. There is a, a, a 
sorry, there is a length that is or duration that is recommended. So that is a 20 to 30 seconds. Yay. So there are, yeah, there is a five-step method which is um, endorsed by the Center of Disease Prevention and Control. So it is um, wet, lava, scrub, rinse and dry. So basically it's very important to wet our hands entirely with running water. Then we apply the soap. We lather our hands uh, by rubbing, then we scrub for at least, as I said, 20 to 30 seconds. So we scrub our palms, the back of our uh, hands, we intertwine our fingers, we um, rub our fingertips, our thumbs, and um, our wrists. Then we rinse well under the water and we dry using a clean towel or air dryer. Okay, I want, that's what I was going to ask you. Towel versus, I mean, there's, a, there's an environmental question which we're going to put aside, but, you know, paper towels or, you know, your, your hand dryers, does that make any difference in terms of spreading diseases or indeed avoiding them? Well, actually, there's been controversial studies about that. Of course, um, air dryers can throw germs through the air and con- con- can potentially contaminate further surfaces. So I would say clean towels are preferred, especially towels that are for like once once only used towels. Now, just a few short years ago, I felt like I had hand sanitizer stashed in every handbag, the car, you know, all corners of the home. And thankfully, I don't see hand sanitizers as much as uh, as we did during 2020 and 2021. So alcohol-based hand sanitizers, are they an okay substitute instead of hand washing with soap? Or what are your feelings on them in general, doctor? Actually, in a non-medical environment, there should not be a substitute for soap and water because uh, we need to be mindful that even alcohol-based sanitizers, um, there are some resistance of certain bacteria to them. So um, hand washing with soap is superior, um, but in in situations, for example, where you don't have water or soap um, at hand, uh, for example, public transport, or if you just got out of the doctor's office, mm-hmm. it is safe to use um, hand sanitizers. You have to be mindful, though, that it should contain at least 60% alcohol. Okay, good to know. A question from Mia that's coming on 4001 saying, my brother, like many, got very obsessive during COVID, would wash his hands a lot, yeah. and now his hands are very dry. Um, she's saying, um, any advice for dealing with that? Yeah, actually, liquid soaps are preferred uh, than um, soap bars just because they have um, emollients in them. Um, So also after, and make sure your hands are dry, like really dry after you wash them, dry them with a towel, and then after they're completely dry, you can rub in a moisturizer. And a question here from Susan saying, any tips for kids? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. We've only got a minute left. So any advice for getting our kids to spend as long as they can stand to wash those germy, grimy hands, our little germ monsters, especially as we come into sick season? Yeah, they just they, they are, just tell them that it's in their control. They're the super fighting heroes who can fight the germs. Oh. We can do it in like a, like a you know, playful way to teach kids the importance of it. Thank you for your time today. Um, I th- I'm hopefully we've given pause for thought and hopefully we're going to increase that number. I'm sure it's no one that listens to Dubai either doesn't wash their hands after going to the toilet. We're better than that, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, shocking statistic, just 19% of people washing their hands after going yes. to the loo. Good grief. That's going to stay with me. Dr. Sadana, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. Specialist in the Department of Internal Medicine, JBL Branch and Medcare Medical Centre. Oh, it's given me the shivers. (laughs) 
Today is World Arthritis Day. Um, this is an awareness day, obviously, that aims to create conversations, hear real-life stories and offer some advice around rheumatic and musculoskeletal diseases. So we are bringing in some incredible experts who have lived it and are on a mission to help others. Joining us, um, we've got the fantastic Dr. Homera Badger, the founder and consultant rheumatologist at her own clinic here in Dubai. And Inas is going to be speaking to us soon. She is a drummer and percussionist who's been struggling with this, but my goodness is not letting it hold her back. And also Rekha speaking to us, an incredible painter whose passion has triumphed over the pain. Dr. Homera, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, and I don't want to say happy World Arthritis Day, but you are in the business. So happy World Arthritis yeah. Day. How are you? Thank you, Helen. Thank you for having me and raising awareness about arthritis. Today is World Arthritis Day. And we'd like to honor everyone who is struggling or suffering from this condition, these conditions. Can I just ask you, before we start talking about some of the conditions, um, the Middle East Arthritis Foundation, would you mind explaining what that is and, and what the mission of that organization is? So the Middle East Arthritis Foundation was founded in 2016. Um, no, sorry, 2006. I'm very sorry. 2006, lost track of time there. <laughs> and um, our initial... Um, uh, mission was to help people who could not afford treatment without, for arthritis. But as uh, insurance became more and more available to people, our mission now is to raise awareness of the condition um, and to help people get an earlier diagnosis and an earlier start with their treatments. Doctor, thank you for being with us today. I know you're incredibly busy and I, I really value your time. And I think it is such an important topic because arthritis affects millions of people worldwide in, in various forms. Would you mind explaining to me and our listeners today with a bit of a brief overview on what arthritis is and maybe some of the common types that people might encounter? So there, there are uh, at least 50 types of arthritis. And uh, one of the types, most people have this impression that arthritis is a disease of older people. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the types, the osteoarthritis. But there are other types which are autoimmune in nature, where the immune system is attacking the joints. So arthritis can affect even young children. It can affect middle-aged people. It can affect older people. And so there are many different types of autoimmune arthritis, and they have to be diagnosed at a really early stage. If not, they can be quite destructive mm -hmm. and leave people disabled. So diagnosed and treated at an early stage. Dr. Humara, then could you explain then some of the early signs and symptoms that people need to be aware of? So usually it's pain in joints. It can be one joint or it can be many joints, but persistent pain, which lasts for more than a couple of weeks, swelling and inflammation in the joint, and also, if you have stiffness in the morning, especially, that's an indicator of inflammation in the joint. Mm -hmm. I have osteoarthritis myself in my knees, and it is not fun. You're saying there it's an older person's disease, and I'm like, I'm 41, but I've got the knees of an 80-year-old. So That may be because you played a lot of sports or yeah. you know, did some heavy-duty um, things which damaged your cartilage. I have um, no cartilage. Um, yeah, I can. I can. I know exactly. It was being sporty as a kid, and then it was being overweight and losing weight and gaining weight. And you know, it's yeah, wear and tear. It sounds so boring, but it can be so so painful. Yes. Um, yes. But in terms of treatment methods, and I'm not just talking about osteoarthritis, but some of the things that you have in your toolkit, doctor, from medications to lifestyle changes, can you shed some light on the various approaches and how they can sure. make a significant difference to the lives of arthritis patients? Okay, sure. So let's take osteoarthritis first. And as you already mentioned, weight loss is the number one thing. Stop smoking. 
Vitamin D is extremely important, not just for your muscles and bones, but vitamin D is extremely important even for your immune system. So if you suffer from an autoimmune disease, you have to have adequate levels of vitamin D. And the only way to know is to do a blood test. And at World Arthritis Day, we are offering some free blood tests. Um, the prizes to be won. But um, with osteoarthritis, which is the wear and tear, sensible exercising, which is low impact exercise, keeping your muscles strong, uh, will help with with a lot of vitamin D mm-hmm. and in, and you know avoiding high impact sports. Now with the autoimmune diseases, we target the immune system. We give people immunosuppressants, um, and there are many different types which have come, including what's called biological drugs and also tablets called JAK inhibitors. These help people with rheumatoid arthritis and other types of autoimmune diseases. But lifestyle is really important. I have uh, authored a book called The Wellness Guide to Arthritis, which includes diet. And with diet, we find that people should follow an anti-inflammatory diet, uh, which is avoiding certain foods, which are processed, red meats, um, avoiding dairy sometimes in some cases, avoiding gluten, and avoiding the biggest one of them all, sugar. Sugar. Oh, it's so annoying, isn't it? So annoying. Diet is really important. (laughs) Exercise is really important. Vitamin D is really important. And these are things you can make changes in right away. And we have in us here because also stress and managing stress is a very big thing because our immune systems are so susceptible to stress. Well, we are going to be speaking to Anas and Reckon next, uh, joining us live on air to answer your questions. You might have around arthritis, Dr. Mera Badchik. We're marking World Arthritis Day here on Dubai I 103.8. Joining us is consultant rheumatologist and the founder of the Dr. Homera Badger Medical Centre here in Dubai. Uh, Dr. Mera on the line to take any questions and some coming in on 4001. We've also got Ines and Rekha joining us, both patients who have been through their own struggles with arthritis. Ines, I'd love to start with you. Uh, Doctor mentioned earlier that stress is a, com- a really important factor when dealing with the management of pain. Would you mind telling us a little bit about what kind of arthritis you have and when you first no- started noticing symptoms? Hi. Hello, all. How are you? Hi. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, well, I suffered from fibromyalgia. And it started when I was around like 15, 16 years old. And it was so hard to diagnose because I spent more than 10 years searching uh, about like a name for the symptoms that I used to have. Because uh, what's hard about the fibromyalgia, it's that uh, it's very hard to diagnose because it's it's not like the other types of uh, arthritis where you can like uh, make a blood test or it shows on the joints mm-hmm. basically it's like a, it's a ghost disease where like it hits the muscles around the joints but every time when you have a flare it hits um, uh, like a different joint than the one you had before oh, so that's why you had to search all over again every time until you reach to, uh, to, to, to be diagnosed with it so it was really hard uh, to figure it out mm-hmm. because don't know the cause you, you cannot uh, you know solve the problem and uh, basically when I discovered it after that uh, of course uh, it appeared that there were so many stressful situations that been happening with my life that led to uh, to have this disease so stress is a big factor mm-hmm. uh, it really affects all aspects of our lives and uh, and like when you're stressing even if you if you don't know 
uh, it's basically it's building up and then it's causing uh, your your cells and and everything in your body to collapse until you get diagnosed with, with something yeah. so uh, that's why stress is a very big factor it's like base it's the base basically of of all diseases so that's why it had to be controlled and um, we had to to do so many things to like work on it so yes that's a oh, part of goodness. what and, then, and, and I'm sure that, you know, when we think about how long it took to get a diagnosis, you know, that stress just compounding and compounding, you know, the frustration and the fear as well. Um, and that's, I understand that you're a percussionist and a drummer. Um, my brother's a drummer, so I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear your work. Um, tell us a little bit about how you managed to balance your diagnosis with your love of music and a really, a really physical um, aspect of music as well. How does that, what does that look like? Well, that was so hard because whenever I went to a doctor and then they asked me, what do you do? And I go like, I play drums or like uh, they asked me like what types of jobs that I used to do. And basically the first thing when I tell them that I play the drums, because also drums is like it's a heavy instrument. It's not easy to play. They go like, um, that's why your back is hurting because of the drums. So no. you need to stop. <laughs> that was also a problem because because basically whenever like the doctor hear what whatever you do they just like spot the problem uh, that it goes there and and it's hard because every time you go to a certain doctor uh, he will just look at the like whatever he studied you know mm -hmm. in the place that he studied so he will give you the diagnose there like in his area in his like speciality so that's why the uh, like arthritis in its types it's very hard to to figure out because uh, they will also blame it on that. With the music, uh, it's it's very challenging because when you practice, you need to sit for a long time. You need to, uh, you know, have patience. Uh, and sitting in these types of conditions and uh, staying in the same position for a long time is very challenging. Mm -hmm. So I had to do so many stuff to... Um, uh, to be able to continue my career and uh, I had to change uh, the way I work, the way I uh, practice. Like I had to change so many stuff, but mostly like doctor mentioned earlier, sports is a very, very, you know, important aspect. Staying active. Uh, pushing, mm -hmm. uh, stress, all of that. And you have to take them all in one package. Like it's all about maintenance. It's not yeah. like you can take medication for a long time but you cannot live on them. Medications, they just like, uh, they they cure the symptoms. They don't cure the cause. And basically, if we're talking about the cause that it's starting from the cells of the body, then we have to work on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why also music helped me because it, I'm helping now people through the music and through the sound healing to heal and to at least control the symptoms that they have. Uh, through the music and through the vibration, because this is also a very important aspect. Oh, and yeah. That sounds amazing. And, and nodding along on screen there is another creative and another arthritis sufferer. We've got artist uh, Rekha Sharma with us today, who's uh, sounds like just as passionate, but with a different medium, which is which is paint. Um, Rekha, you were nodding along to so many of the things I could see there that Ines was talking about. You know, the body keeping the score and, and looking at that whole holistic piece it's not just about treating the pain but really looking at where it's come from and, and, and even why would you mind telling us a little bit about your condition and, and how you are today uh thanks to dr humera i'm good today oh. uh, let's start with that 
So I okay, uh, I have rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, I uh, believe um, even even though I love uh, Dr. Humera, this is not because of her the love I have towards her. I'm saying mm-hmm. I believe more doctors should know how to talk to patients like how she does. Because the first doctor I consulted told me, okay, now you have this condition, you have to leave your art uh, thing. Now you anyway, I was I'm I'm a counselor as well. So he told me, okay, you do counseling for yourself and you be adjusted with how you have to live now. Sometimes you might get crippled. This is how he spoke to Gosh. me, and I had no idea what arthritis was <laughs> and why I had it. So I went through different doctors for like uh, until I met her. for a lot of long years <laughs> and uh, she one word she told me which is still stuck with me is that uh, she said it came uh, it is not hereditary for me and it came suddenly so we don't know it can go suddenly as well mm-hmm. so there is see everybody needs a ray of hope to live absolutely right so that that one word gave me more motivation to follow the diet i am a foodie i'm a vegetarian but i love sweets So <laughs> it is difficult when you see a nice Indian sweet or nice cheesecake <laughs> right in front of you and you're not supposed to eat it. When they say you don't eat you feel more like eating it. So all I that know. is there. But now I'm thankfully uh, painting, drawing, I'm sculpting again. So that is a very big change because my fingers were literally not moving and now it moves. and it moves in all directions thanks to her. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. We you know we're thinking about pain but It's more than that, isn't it? It's about being who you are and yeah. who you want to be and that that self-expression and and you know living in your body with with hope as you say there. Thank you so much both for for sharing your stories and and Thank it's, you it's for really it's really really wonderful to hear how you're coming through this with the expert help I guess of Dr. Mehra and and lastly doctor I wanted to ask you any advice for people listening today about making sure we are in the best possible health and protecting ourselves potentially against arthritis you mentioned healthy weight not smoking anti-inflammatory foods anything else that perhaps we haven't touched on as one last takeaway Yes yeah, so I really believe like the two people in us and Rekha have told us that we should allow our patients to be who they are and pursue their passions. I don't believe as doctors we can say you can't do that anymore. You can't have children, you can't be an artist, you can't jump out of a plane, you can't be a pilot. So we have people in all professions, all walks of life who have arthritis and they can live full complete normal lives with the right treatment and that's the message. Now it, to prevent it Yes of course you need to maintain a healthy diet um reduce stress do yoga exercise exercise takes years of your life exercise is the number one thing to prevent arthritis and to preserve your brain as you grow older it even wards off alzheimers sugar is the number one thing to eat if you want to get alzheimers disease or to get a host of other other conditions so i think you know if we lead a healthy life first we can avoid these conditions and also one little last mention about the gut microbiome all those healthy bacteria there you need to eat the right foods to have the healthy gut by microbiome because that also regulates your mood mm-hmm. your attitude and everything else doctor thank you so so much if it's all right with you if anyone wants to get in touch with me and just say oh my goodness i'm going to keep it positive <laughs> let's just say aware um I can I'd be very happy to share your information if anyone is looking for an expert second opinion or looking for a diagnosis in the space of 
arthritis. Dr. Hamara Badcher, really appreciated. And to Innes and Reka as well, wishing you both health and happiness and are continuing to pursue those incredible passions moving forward. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe. You'll get direct to your phone as soon as it's out. And you can listen to me live on Dubai Eye 103.8, Monday to Friday between 2 and 5 p.m. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.